Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh is here. I'm right here. Okay. I, I, you're I, Ann, right? I think that's right. All right. Yes. Ann Clapp is there. And the esteemed Rufus Edmonds. It might be steamed. Long about, long about tomorrow, it's going to be steamed. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully the humidity hasn't caught up yet. Uh, it's going to be warmer today. Yesterday was a nice, nice day. Yeah, kind a of nice a... visit down in Pittsburgh. And <laughs> had the gambler luncheon special at <laughs> yeah the, the at S and T's in Pittsburgh. We had a great time the there. Store, yeah, the old farm farm place out there. Yeah, nice and nice, quiet, cutting little hay. So um, <coughs> bless you. Yeah, that that, that hay pollen. <laughs> It's sticking with me. <laughs> oh, oh, man, so, that's, called, that's called suggestive psychology. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pam Beck, how are you doing? You, you have to sneeze too? Good morning. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh-huh. I love it. How are y'all? We're fine. Fine. It's I, a good day. I didn't want to come inside because it was very pleasant out there this morning. It's gorgeous. It really is. And I hope that you've got lots blooming in your garden, Mike Raley. Uh, well, I've got things blooming. I don't have something that I wish I had, but I don't know what it is. The problem is that I have uh, – in. yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I, I get out uh, for walks every day, and this time of year, I guess in May sometime every year, there's something that smells like marshmallows – it has kind of that fragrance. I know it's not the ligustrum that's that's popped out. That's a very got a very distinctive fragrance, and it doesn't smell like marshmallows. But I like it anyway. So what what can you think of that might now? Somebody mentioned one time, Illy Agnes, but I natured Agnes. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything <laughs> blooming really that caught my eye because I, I I kind of wafted across my face. When I was walking a couple of days ago on my route, and uh, you got any ideas, Pam? I have no clue, honestly, because right now, as far as blooming things, there's still some calicanthus, there's still some banana shrub, but those we've discussed before, and they're very distinctive smells. They wouldn't smell like. Um, I'm wondering if it's a combination of things, like maybe some honeysuckle up and some ligustrum, and that. That combination, maybe. I don't know. Because there I is some honeysuckle. Park. Yeah, there's some honeysuckle and ligustrum in this area, but I'm I'm going to have to walk into somebody's yard <laughs> and ask. Yeah. Rufus, do you have a badge I can borrow? I'll just, I, I can fix you up. I'll fl- I'll just flash a badge uh, when I go into the yard. So I'm I'm just just looking, <laughs> trying to find the fragrance. And here come the Raleigh PD. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to knock on anybody's door, but I may snoop around. I'm going to I'm going to go back out today and try to figure that out. But. Mike, you're you're enough of a celebrity. All oh, you have to oh do yeah. Is wear some, a, 
a WPTF Weekend Gardener T-shirt or anything. You know, we really need to print those up. I know. I we've never had we've never had anything yeah. like that. Um, we should. I know. We should. Should have something. But uh, I want a bright pink one. That, a bright want to go with pink? this bag that you bring in yes, every Saturday? Yes, go with my my bag from. Uh, yeah, and your glasses, Rufus. You know. Well, I've also yeah, some stark red ones today, Pam. Yeah. Well, they, they all right, all right. <laughs> they match your shirt. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, they do. How about that? You well, know, designer glasses. You, <laughs> you, you've heard me say where you can only get them at one place at the Dollar Tree in Siler City. <laughs> the, the particular ones that I like are the the most gaudy ones in the world. But <laughs> you, when you get to be my age, statement. you can get by with a lot of things. Yeah. You can. And I yeah. like the, the shirt and the... Yeah, you like this ensemble, Ann? Yeah. I, I think that's that's a good ensemble there. you got a big birthday coming up. You'll be 60 this year. Well, the 80 is the new 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. going to have a big is party that, is that and everything. four score? Four score, okay. Is eighty four score? Let's see. That seems like it to me. I assume that's what Abraham four Lincoln score, had him yeah. had yeah. in his mind. Four score and whatever years ago. Well, do you have anything in your yard, Rufus, that smells like a marshmallow or something in that realm? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking you've got a honeysuckle of some kind. I've, I've got. Uh, well, I know what honeysuckle smells like. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's very a, distinctive too. Mix up honeysuckle and and sweet uh, sweet Melissa. Yeah, sweet Melissa. <laughs> what about sweet she, Betsy? We, we, she, yeah, she smells we, like marshmallows sometimes. You know, I have four or five sweet Betsies, and not a one of them has any has, fragrance. Has any fragrance yeah. to it? And I I I give money to uh, Trees USA. Mm-hmm. And they sent me some uh, seedlings of sweet Betsy, so I'm hoping yeah. they will they will have a wonderful smell to them. I just I love it, but I just can't get any any yeah. any beautiful aroma. Well, you know, I guess Pam, they make the they've tried to make the blooms bigger or something about the blooms, and they've taken away the fragrance. Sometimes the um, fragrance has been bred out of things, but I I really truly believe people are returning to fragrance. You're going to find more roses at the garden center now that are fragrant. They're not only big and beautiful and bodacious, but they also are, are sweetly fragrant. We um, we're spending more time at home. We want these environments to to be pleasant, and I'm I'm all about the the fragrance in the garden. I love it. I plant tea olives for that. I've got. Like we were talking about with the calicanthus, the sweet Betsy, or um, the Carolina allspice is another name for that. There's so many things that are fragrant. Oh, and um, peonies right now. Do you have any peonies, Rufus? That are oh, absolutely. They're, they're sort of fading away, but they're, they're so huge that they've dropped over, and they've been there for at least 30 years. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I don't, when I get a, a peony patch growing, leave it alone. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Don't move them. Just, just get let them uh, spread out the uh, mulch, I guess, in the winter, so they have kind of bare yeah. ground there, so they can get cool. And when we have cool winters, and uh, then pile up. Well, don't pile up the mulch too much, but um, make sure they are well insulated because they like they like sun, but they they like a cool uh, soil. Well, mine seem to want to 
lie down on the ground. Yeah, right. well, you know, you can buy all kinds of fancy things to prop them up. But Almost have to do that, but yeah, they, they are wrought iron stuff and all kinds of things. Do you, do you prop yours up? Uh, Pam, I, I let them go. You let them go. Just let them go. Pam, do you let yours go too? Yeah, mine are mine fall over, but if they do, then that's a good excuse to to cut a few blooms and bring them in the house. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's learned. always that's true. what you should do anyway because they have such wonderful fragrance. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! But something I learned recently too is that peonies um, seem to really prefer lime, and if you've had a problem with your peonies not blooming as much as they should. Two things that could help is, is, of course, having enough sunlight because they are sun lovers, but also putting more lime at their roots. And since I've learned that, I'm going to throw some more on there this year in hopes that next year's blooms will be even bigger and better. Hmm. So just old kind of old-fashioned dusty white lime yeah. or? Old, old powdered limestone. Yeah. You know. Supposedly, a peony grower, according to one of the nurserymen I was supposed to around here, um, accidentally overlimed his, his peony beds, and he thought he was going to have killed them. And come to find out, they were bigger and better than ever the next year. So they they must like a higher soil pH than we normally provide. One of my neighbors has one that's uh, a bright pink, but it has a yellow center. Mm-hmm. That is so pretty. That is a good one. I like seeing that uh, every year. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. And you're listening to The Weekend Gardener. Let's go to Gail in Raleigh. Gail, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I have two questions. Uh, One is my butterfly bush. Something seems to be eating the leaves. I've checked it at night, uh, and I've checked it early in the morning, and I, I don't see anything on there. I pulled the mulch back, and I've looked at the mulch, and I didn't see anything, any bugs or anything in the mulch. I've had two people tell me two different things to do, uh, and I'm really not sure. Uh, what would you think would be eating the leaves on my butter blush? It might be butterfly lar- butterfly larvae. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the it first thing that comes to some sort, and yeah, and and Rufus is right about that. And um, Gail, you're you're wise to go out in the evening and look with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but be sure when you're looking, look at under the leaves as well as on top. Now, can you describe the way it's being eaten? Is is the entire leaf gone, or is it just sections along the edge, or holes through it, or there's little holes, large holes in inside the the leaf. Yeah, that's definitely an insect inside the leaf. Okay, now that almost sounds more like a fungal disease than um, an insect. Hmm. Uh, can, can you take a clipping of those leaves that are damaged? Put them in a Ziploc bag and take them to either the Cooperative Extension Office to have the Master Gardeners look at it or um, to a nearby really good garden center that has um, uh, some horticulturally uh, trained people on staff and have them try to ID that for you because it may be that you think it's an insect, which I've never really seen insects bother, 
time of year because of the the bright sun and then we'll get a rainstorm or something, you're starting to see some virus show up on Japanese maple leaves, little spots and things like that. Um, and I really wonder if that may be your problem rather than insects. Do you see any spots on it other than the holes? No, just the holes. Hmm. Just holes. Well, as I said, um, you know, the best thing to do is is to have somebody look at it and um, try to key it out and, and figure it out for you. Um, it's not something that I'm familiar with. Uh, Rufus, do you have any other suggestions? No, I'm, I'm just thinking about what, what Gail, what has Gail been told to remedy that situation? Well, for the uh, earwigs, I was told uh, to use seven. Another person said it was moss, larva, moss, and they said use fungicide. I don't... Right, um, and, and both of those are not possibly what you want to do, and I'll give you a why. Um, a fungicide will not get rid of moss larva. No, that's for... A fungicide are for fungal fungus. diseases. And they're for fungus, and in the moss larva that they're talking about is exactly the reason you're growing a butterfly bush. You want the butterflies and the moths out there. It's it's not that they're detrimental. They're just doing something that is not as lovely, perhaps, as you'd like it. But they're still it's providing a host for the butterfly caterpillars or the moth caterpillars that are on your bush. The other thing with seven, seven kills. Not only um, would it affect the um, an insect like an earwig or something, but it would also affect honeybees, butterflies, the very things that you want to bring to your bush. If you put seven on there, you're going to eliminate those those things. Uh, mm-hmm. My my best bet is see what it is, find out first what identify what the problem is, and then see if you really need to fix it or you can live with it. Mm. Well, I don't know. I've had that butterfly bush for a few years now, and I've never, never had this problem, never. And only, see, this year I, I cut it back, and this is the first mm-hmm. year that I've had the problem. Is there any connection between? Well, maybe they're just more larvae out there that will ultimately be butterflies. Well, okay, if you leave the larvae, let them munch on the bush, uh, is the bush going to be okay? It's oh yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, that's not going to kill us. You don't have an infestation of anything. Mm-hmm. Now, Japanese beetles will will go through things like that, but uh, I would They skeletonize leaves. They don't yeah. leave just a little hole right. in the top of the leaf um, or through the leaf in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the reason I'm I'm thrown by you know what you're describing. But the best thing is just like our own health, is if we can figure out what it is that's causing us discomfort or problems and then address that <laughs> rather than uh, just spraying something, you know, just to feel better mm-hmm. about uh, doing something. Yeah, well, butterfly bushes, Gail, is very hardy. Very, they, very hardy. They can yeah. take a lot of, uh, I've quacked them to the ground, I've, I've, <laughs> I've done everything in the world to them. They have plenty of sun? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should certainly yeah. survive. It, it yeah, should sure. be getting a ready ready right now to do a little blooming. Uh, it'll be a little bit later since you cut it way back last time. Mm-hmm. There's several buds. Um, it has several buds. 
Yeah, and it's it when you when you cut something way back, it it stresses the plant out a little bit. It's it's trying to to uh, grow back, make leaves, so forth. So I don't think I, I don't think I'd worry a minute about it. Just just keep an eye on it, and please call us back if you if you uh, take the sample somewhere and get any results. I will. Thank you very I, much, Gail. I, Okay, can I ask you, I just have one more thing. Yeah, hold on, hold on, and uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener, and since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back at WPTF at 827. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Pam Beck. And uh, back to Gail. Gail, you had another question? Uh, yes. Um, I over-fertilized my uh, new plant. Um, and I was told, you know, to try to just flush the, that out by giving them lots of water, which I did. But they, they died. So now my question is, how long does that excess fertilizer stay in the bed uh, before I can plant anything else there? We should be all right by now. Wouldn't you think, Pam? Well, the, the question is, how, how much did you apply, Gail? Well, I put it in a six-gallon watering can, and I used it in probably a 12, I'm going to say a 12 by 15 area. Okay. When you say it, though, um, how much did you use in that six gallons of water? Well, I used the miracle Grow, and, you know, the miracle Grow uh-huh. comes in the little bags. I put a bag yeah. of that in the six Oh, my gallons. God. Ooh, no wonder. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> that's, that's what I needed to know. Um, a bit much. I would really, really hesitate uh, replanting that area for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to let the, the land heal itself a little bit. And there's an abundance of uh, fertilizer salts and nitrogen and things like that in there that would burn anything that you might put in there now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, honestly, the um, the best thing you could do is try to incorporate some organic material, something that's going to, um, well, basically calm all that fertilizer down. And Mm -hmm. I would be willing to suggest that if you could put some nice organic mulch of some sort, not pine straw, but, you know, either finely composted. Got about 20 seconds. or your own compost, and incorporate that down to six inches in the soil and wait for fall to plant again. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't okay, plant anything so. this summer there. Organic mulch and wait until fall. Okay. Thank you, Gail. All right. Good luck, Thank darling. you. Bye. All right. We'll talk to Steve back. coming up here on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. 
We're back on WPTF at 836. Mike Crayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Pam Beck. Steve is in Garner. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm still recovering from surgery, but other than that, yeah. I'm doing fine. Yeah. I had a, that, that full knee replacement has finally got me to a point where the doctor let me go. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about uh, fragrant plants, and I came in the middle of the of the conversation, so I didn't hear if anybody mentioned native azaleas, which is a fantastic, uh, very fragrant plant that's good to have in the garden. I agree. They're gorgeous. Yeah. have a good structure, and I like that wild structure anyway, uh, better than the balls that uh, they make out of regular azaleas. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Hood used to, Johnny Hood lived out in the country. He had a, uh, had a wooded area that had... Uh, uh, pink, kind of pink uh, deciduous azaleas. Some well, out those there. are pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we went down. We went down. To, if you ever get a chance to go to Georgia, uh, Callaway Gardens is mm-hmm. a place. Mm-hmm. It's a real nice place to visit. And we went down there uh, in the spring uh, when my daughter got married 15, 13 years ago, and um, they had uh, this wall of native azaleas that was 30 feet tall. That's a beautiful set. The aroma on that would literally knock you over. I mean, that 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 sent us on the path to get those. Uh, we went to uh, Monticello uh, several years ago during the spring, and they have on the in the back of their uh, of the mansion fringe trees. Yes. And yep. we thought for sure that the that the aroma we smelt was from the fringe trees. So we've got two of them in our yard, but they don't have any smell yeah. at all. They're beautiful <laughs> trees, but they don't have uh, – I, I was fooled into thinking they had a, a, a an, an aroma. And I'm just wondering, is peony and peony the same thing? It's the same thing. <laughs> If you're out in the country and grew up in the country, it's a peony. Yeah. Peony. That's right. <laughs> My aunt always called them was peony. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. It's the difference between pecan and pecan. <laughs> or uh, tomatoes and maters. Maters. <laughs> tomatoes. Tomatoes and potatoes. Right? Yeah, all of that, yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve, very much. Right. Bye-bye. That's an idea, the, the, the Isaiah, but I don't know. I've got to. I've got to figure this out. It's not uh, gardenias. Rufus was talking about rooting a gardenia, right? Do you root gardenias, Pam? Um, I think that we've got so many great new ones that are coming out uh, in the trade. I I like to find small new introduced ones and try those instead of rooting my own. But Rufus, you know how? What time of year are you? Cutting and rooting yours. I, I, I haven't done it. What happened was we had a caller the other day who wanted to talk about my favorite thing, uh, which is uh, clover. <laughs> and in the end, he said he would love to have a rooting of a, an old, original, old-fashioned gardenia. And did I have one? Mm-hmm. Well, I said yes. Mm. He said, well, please root me one. I, I, <laughs> oh, good heavens. I, I would never talk, ask the uh, yeah, attorney general or secretary of state no, to do I got that. talked into it, and I've never tried yeah. to root a, a gardenia. It's not that I want a new one. 
I want to root an old one. Well, here's the deal. Call or, or talk to uh, Thomas Philip Dark, who has the nursery down in Siler City, the uh, garden center down there. I believe it's called Oakmont. And he is the gardenia king of North Carolina. And he, Prince Charles, he developed that. Yeah. Yes, yes, the Prince Charles and also the Crown Jewels series. And he is Mr. Gardenia and the nicest man you'd ever want to talk to. And I know he would tell you when, where, and how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if it were an azalea or something like that, I could handle that. I've done that several times with roses. I just have never tried. And I'm assuming it's after it's bloomed. I'm assuming you want to get a, a tender root. Ann and I discussed it. I, 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 I just need to talk to the man. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's a, a fine fella, and I think he'd be tickled pink to help you. Yes, indeed. Well, that, he, that's, uh, he developed some beautiful azaleas. They're growing very nicely in my yard. Gardenias, yeah, 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 great. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Do you have a favorite gardenia, or do you like uh, the smaller, more hardy, cold-hardy, or do you you like the double-blooming pan? Oh, uh, I think because, because my first memories of gardenias are from Georgia, I like the big-leaved, Big blooms, big yes. double-sized blooms, just, you know, body gardenias. Mm-hmm. I, and the little ones are, are sweet, and they have their place. I've got several dotted around my landscape. But there's something about the the big ones that, that just, you know, are no, blooming nose high. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Nose high, that's a good saying. Yeah, I mean that works. Yeah, that works. That so I have to go, not a lot of effort involved in getting that fragrance. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we prune too much, don't we? Yeah, we so do. Let's keep it at nose high. And speaking of pruning, it's uh, about time. It's getting close to time. If anybody's going to trim back those boxwoods and things again and shape them up into meatballs that Rufus hates. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tony Avis wanted. Makes fun of people having little meatballs all over their yard. <laughs> I know, I know. And there are things that really we should refrain from turning into balls, things like forsythia and quince. And <laughs> and, but, but, you know, you, you do see it, and there are people who really, really love the shape of, of topiary. And um, there are plants that are appropriate to topiary, and then there's some that, <laughs> really, we should refrain from. But, um, yeah. Oh, I have a question right now while I've got you. Uh, you, you he- I, I love heading back my tall flocks. Of course, you get new blooms. What, what about, what are some other, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to think Ooh, of what I just planted. Meals that we can... Yeah. What what else is is good at heading back to get new blooms? I was asked the oh, other day by somebody. Goodness, Rufus. Yeah, this is a good topic. Um, I I think for one thing, um, Tradenscantia, you know, the uh, spiderwort, it blooms in the spring, but if you cut that back hard as soon as those flowers are through, 
And that will keep it from spreading all over your garden, too, because if it sets seed, then you're going to have spider wart coming up in places you might not want it. So um, I would prune that back really hard, and you'll get a second flush out of that. You can oftentimes get that also with rudbeckia if you uh, prune I have that done that, yes. Trouble. I've done that rudbeckia. Yeah, just, just deadhead the rudbeckia. That will um, oftentimes come back for you. And um, as you said, the, the phlox, um, not the spring flowering, not that Davericata or even the Stolonifera, the spring bedding phlox that you mom yeah. used to call thrift. Right. Yeah. That won't, won't rebloom, but the old-fashioned garden phlox, the Pinoculata, that will definitely come back for you. Um, there you go. I get so blooms into the fall. Yeah, it will. It, and that's what's exciting is if you get out there and keep cutting back, it's like with the herbs. If, um, if you keep cutting them, then they'll keep bushing and growing. You need to do that regularly with things like basil. Um, you know, uh, there's just so much that's, that's good about doing a repeat bloom. And if our listeners have any other suggestions, you know, I invite them to call in and, and, and share what they like to prune and, and enjoy again. All right, 919-860-9783. We'll have more of the Weekend Gardener coming up. You know, it's amazing the amount of wildlife that we have in the Triangle area. The damage that they can do is equally amazing. That's why so many folks in the Triangle area and beyond depend on I Must Garden repellents to control animal damage. If you have deer or rabbits eating your plants, squirrels digging in your flower pots, moles and voles tunneling through your lawn, I Must Garden has a solution for you. I Must Garden will protect your beautiful garden with natural repellents that are pleasantly scented, effective, and long-lasting. Every IMOS Garden repellent has been individually formulated to provide safe and effective protection. IMOS Garden repellents have natural ingredients with botanical oils to give you the most effective repellents on the market that are easy to use and don't have to be reapplied after every rain. The repellents are available in a variety of sizes, from ready-to-use spray bottles cost-saving concentrates, and easy-to-use shaker jars. It's no wonder I Must Garden has become the favorite repellent for so many gardeners. You'll find I Must Garden at locally-owned garden centers and hardware stores, like both locations of Triangle Pharmacy and Ace Hardware in Durham. Protect your garden today with natural pest protection from I Must Garden repellent. Earth-friendly, people and pet-friendly, and made right here in the Triangle. Well, we got a boy. We got a bunch of folks who are in, including Miss Nelsa. We'll uh, we'll talk to her coming up here on WPTF. It's eight forty-seven. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Boy, we have a a full group of people here, but I want to get Miss Miss Nelsa, who's out this morning doing something. Uh, Nelsa Cox of the Garden Hut in Fuqua Verena. Hey, Nelsa. Hey, good morning. How are you, gang? Fine. Wonderful. 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 Hey, uh, uh, before you say anything else, I want to I want to get you in on this. I, I every year in May, something I, I smell some fragrance when I'm out walking 
here and there, and I never can figure out it. I, I've got marshmallows on on the mind, on the brain right now. <laughs> when I smell it, it's something in that realm, something sweet like that. Do you have any idea? It's, it's not a honeysuckle, cause, and it's not ligustrum. Uh, those, both of those are blooming where I smell this. I can't find it, though. It's in somebody else's yard, <laughs> wherever it is. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are two different ligustrums, if you will, and one of them is slightly or slightly more fragrant than the other. Of course, they both can stifle you. So, um, I don't know if you've taken the time to smell the the old uh, ligustrum lucidum or the ligustrum japonica, and I'm, I'm sure it's not the ligustrum um, sinensis, but um, so it's not a tea olive, right? No, definitely not a tea olive. Okay. Um, I got a I got a really good smeller. I, yeah, Melissa's okay. always giving me grief about it. What about China berry? China berry. I don't know. That's got some fragrance to it. Yeah. Somebody mentioned several years ago, uh, Illy Agnes. Ill natured Agnes. That's a good. That's a good possibility. <laughs> very, very fragrant. Very lovely fragrance. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll look for a an ill natured Agnes, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in good. fact, uh, on my walk today, I'll call out for ill natured Agnes. I, I think it's just, just a good, good name. The Pam uh, question. Yeah. Um, salvia is another great one to trim back and continue those blooms. Will it will it re rebloom, uh, Nelson? If you if, yeah. you if you prune back salvia. Oh yeah, absolutely, Lord yes, mm-hmm. it'll keep going and going and going. And you know, usually even dianthus, the uh, bath dianthus, the firewood dianthus, all the dianthus after they're kind of ugly with their dead seed uh, seed heads, um, just prune them back. They'll flush back another uh, group of blooms. Absolutely. You don't have to wait a whole season for them to come back, right? I mean, they'll they'll definitely sporadically flower again, uh, looking lovely. Okay. So, what you got going on out there? You can do it with Veronica's. Um, well, I have a customer here early this morning, so getting ready to chat with them, and um, looking forward to the fact that even though it's going to be warmer today, it's going to be low humidity. Yes, I like that. It was really nice yesterday with the breeze. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It's beautiful out here this morning. So you guys take care. I just wanted to chime in and I think I'm gonna see you next week. You are and we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be at Bell's Carpets. Did I tell you that? Okay. Did not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I was going I was going to. I swear I was going to. Uh, home. <laughs> I was gonna look back at my email and see if I'd I'd sent you that, but by the uh, way, I'm, Nelson, that's a beautiful butterfly garden you did out there at Meridian Landfill. Woo love. It was it was hot out there and like a brick, <laughs> but anyway, we were happy to do that and it looked really good. Meridian landfill, yes, yes, sir. Shotwell. Oh wow! Oh, the old Shotwell community. The old Shotwell community. <laughs> well, we're trying to fix up the place a little bit. That's great. Okay, well, y'all take care and have a great morning, and I'll see you next week. You at too. Bell. All right, hey, uh, do you do you have any uh, do you have any windmill palms? I think Mark sold the last one yesterday. We've had beautiful windmill palms. We've had fifteen gallons, seven gallons, three oh. gallons, and right now we are out. Dead gummit. Okay, well, 
That's that's all I've got. <laughs> no more windmills, right? No more windmills. No. Okay. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Yeah, take care. it easy. I'll see you next week, Nelson. Bye, Nelson. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Oh, me. Miss Nelsa. All right, let's go to Rose Rhodes uh, on propagation. Uh, Rose, oh, yeah. and uh, tell us all about propagating gera- uh, gardenias. Yeah. That's right. That's what I wanted to talk about. I failed to put it in my book that you could uh, actually propagate those by picking some flowers now, you know, cutting some flowers off or a bunch of flowers and just root them in water. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, it's mine have a, don't don't have flowers yet, okay. and, and the and the older old fashioned one doesn't bloom as early as the new ones. But so it is okay to when they've got flowers, clip it off and put it in water. That's right. Like you bring a bouquet in and just leave them. <laughs> okay, it works. How about and that? That's right. that's about as easy as you can get, Rufus. Yeah. Also, I think it's hardwood and softwood cuttings too, so you can root them most any time of year in soil. Yeah. I was going to ask, when you do yours in water, are you using a clear base or one that's op- uh, that's uh, dense and opaque? Actually, it was just a clear fruit jar at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was going to say, I have found that I had better luck rooting cuttings like, um, you know, from flowers in a clear jar or a clear vase. Right. And I'm glad you confirmed that. Yeah, I like I like that. That idea. I do too. Clear. Wonderful. I do too. Okay. Well. Well, isn't that amazing? We we should have gone to the source to begin with. I'm so glad you called, Rose. Well, thank you. I enjoy your program, of course. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. Bye. Bye. Carol is in Durham. Carol, good morning. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. How can we help you? I have a lot of red buds in my yard. And I planted three of them a number of years ago, and one of them is about 30 feet high. Can I cut that back and expect it to grow back, or should I just let the seeds fall where they may and grow? Well, I can't see any reason why you couldn't cut it back. Uh uh, yeah, but the I question the question is, is is why why would you cut back your redbud tree? Well, I've got a lot of pines, and it's grown up into the pines, and you, it, uh-huh. the blooms don't show. I would like them to be sort of maybe 20, 10 feet total, uh, but I I like. See the buds on them when they bloom, and yes, ma'am. I don't even the leaves actually on one of them is not even visible because they grow so high. Yes, ma'am. They sure will if they're fighting for light. Right. Yeah, you need a need yeah. a little more sunlight for that. Probably uh, the the pines are the problem there. My yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, well, here's here's the thing I would suggest is um, rather than cut back what you've got, if if they're good healthy trees and they're up high, they're feeding a lot of birds and a mm. lot of insects and things like that, and the bees love them. I'd be tempted instead to plant a couple of newer red buds um, in somewhere that's getting a little bit more sunlight if you can. 
and put them, uh, you know, look at for some of the varieties that are going to stay shorter, some of the new ones, especially some of the weeping or the, the crosses that have some of the, um, that are being introduced will give you uh, a lot more uh, bloom at a, at a lower level. Yeah, and there's some really the, great, great varieties like Flamethrower is a new one from Dr. Yes. Denny Warner. Well, I've got about 15 or 20 volunteers in my yard. Yeah. Spread them out. Wait, wait until this fall and, and uh, move them around. Do you know how deep the roots are? Hey, Carol, you're going to have to hold on. we got to do news. We'll be back, though, with Carolyn Durham and others here on WPTF.